Listeners, this is Onyx Prime here. I wanted to let you know that I am out on an adventure and a very, very important Prime business. So the next two episodes, I am actually telecommuting via Hollow Matter, which is why my microphone sounds so weird. We still haven't perfected that technology, but I promise I will be back right after the Dark Cybertron series. So my mic should sound better. Again, we are so sorry that the, you know, the hologram doesn't pick up the microphone as well. So thank you for staying tuned. All right, back to the show. Welcome to the podcast where we are currently recapping the events of the Transformers IDW 2005 continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic book discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW Dark Cybertron Volume 1. And as always, spoiler warning. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read it, then read it again, then come listen to the podcast because this is a good one. Now, onwards. Both Computron and myself have read the series already, but this is Kilobyte's first time, and we're excited to hear his thoughts about this series. But before we can dive into that, before we get into it, before any of this can happen, <laughs> Computron, you have a duty to perform, right? Oh boy, I suppose. Do you mind reading us some trivia? Trivia? Just a trivia? Not the facts? All of it, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the facts, uh, there are a total of six comics in this series. Um, issue 1 was released November 6, 2013, and Issue 6 was first published January fifteenth, 2014. The writers were John Barber and James Roberts, and boy, do we have a lot of artists on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we got F- Phil Jimenez, or Jimenez, I believe, I'm not sure, uh, Andrew Frith, uh, Brendan Cahill, Atelia Rojo, James Rays, Livio Ramondelli, Nick Roche, and Robert Gill. With colors by Josh Perez, John Paul Bove, Livio Ramondelli, and Romulo Fadaro, Fajaro, Fajardo Jr. Alright, okay, trivia. So, issue one, Shockwave's vision foreshadows the content of Dark Cybertron, but as what was presumably the result of late-term changes to the plot. Alpha Trion never appears in the story, nor does the scene of Rodimus being crushed between the Necrotitan's teeth. Spoilers. <laughs> Number two, the Titan's color scheme has changed from the white, orange, and blue deco it had in Robots in Disguise number 19 to a desaturated white, blue, and magenta as a result of Andrew Griffith's mistaken belief while designing the characters that it was supposed to be the same Titan that appeared in Robots in Disguise 2012 annual, which had those colors. Are colored in homage to Armada. Nice. Issue four, the Ambus test may also be a reference to real life Turing tests designed to test how effectively a machine can imitate a human in conversation. The Ammonides, Ammonides, Ammonites. The Ammonites live up to their name by combining into a giant Ammonite to pursue the Rod Pod. Not the Rod Pod. Uh, um, Waspinator would also like to make friends fact. Hey, Waspinator, what's up? Waspinator was harmed during this story arc. 
of Dark Cyber's Tron. Ooh, while those universes Hey, hey, there, there, Waspinator. It's going to be alright. Would asking the viewers to leave a like and subscribe make you feel better? Mm-hmm, it's right. If you like this video, leave Waspinator a like and subscribe. Fantastic. Computron, you want to continue while I take care of Waspinator here? <laughs> <laughs> In the last issue, issue six, the story catches up to the roll call pages. This issue with Slag officially renaming himself Slug. The name Hasbro now uses for versions of the character, which originated with his Lined Universe counterpart. The full details of his change of heart aren't gone into. Merely the RC told him that his name was offensive. A double reference to its status as both a transformer swear word and a disparaging term for a woman in the United Kingdom. The latter oh being the reason Hasbro shelved it as a character's name. I did not know that. <laughs> Continuing. <laughs> the story has tactfully avoided actually using slag in a dialogue up until now, which is not a problem IDW stories have faced before. But Dark Cybertron is packed with, in with toys. Uh -oh. I'd say. Okay. Now, Mr. Kilo, would you please summarize this story? Will do. We explore the undead universe. The Autobots and Decepticons unite as Shockwave unleashes his master plan. The Lost Light crew fight some old allies. And we have a climactic battle as primes come face to face. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Oh boy, are you all ready? Listeners, are you ready? I am ready. I'm ready. ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, another thing the editor has to add. Here we go. <laughs> we start off with a flashback to Number Prime reaching an anomaly in deep space that would lead them to the dead universe. What are your thoughts on this a little small flashback setting up the rest of this series? I think they shouldn't go in there. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> whoops. Whoops indeed. And it doesn't stop with the whoopses there. Because when we continue on reading, we flip back to now with Waspmater flying a massive titan that was raised by Optimus Prime into Shockwave's lab in the Crystal City. What could he be up to? Also, did you know that Wasp Vader to do that? I know he's not here right now. He he went outside to, you know, cheer. Wait, okay, let me let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. The guy that we sent off to kind of be, and he's not here, but the guy that we sent off to be our errand boy was piloting a Titan. Uh, sell the cage juice. Yes. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Is, is, no. How, how is that even possible? We'll have to ask him. It's kind of scary now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what could Shockwave be up to? Why does he need a Titan? Anyone know? Uh, mm. They're pretty big and pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I, mean, I guess when he was making the combiners, he's like, man, I need something bigger. <laughs> There's always a bigger bot. We'll just keep mm -hmm. that in mind. Back in Icon, however, Starscream has a somewhat Armada look about him. I love hmm. it. Where have we seen this look before? I love this look. So good. It's okay. What? It's okay. Have you have you seen the Armada series, Computron? 
It's okay. It's not okay. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It looks good. Anyway, he decides to call in some Autobots. Wonder which ones. Uh, the wrong ones. The wrong ones? The lost ones, you could say. The, the dead ones. Hopefully they can light their way. Anyway. <laughs> oh, in deep space, the Lost Light stumbles across Optimus Prime and his crew. Any fave tidbits during the scene? Mine is when both sides think the other has the weirder crewmates. That was pretty funny. I like, uh, I think it was Garnak. I, I like it when yeah. he's like hugging Rodimus. He's like, yeah, my friend, he's back. I'll never let you go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's sweet. Nice little reunion. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's from uh, when Garnak, Wheelie, and uh, Rodimus were uh, escaping together. Yeah. Exactly. Nice little callbacks here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as like this comic is in our notes going, there's a lot of flip back and forthing and a lot of intertwining of storylines. So hang tight because uh, we're <laughs> going to flip to somewhere else. Uh, back on Cybertron, something comes out of the ground. And who is Shockwave talking to? Kilo, do you mind telling us what's going on here? Yeah. So a huge Titan comes out of the ground uh is it the same titan that talked to starscream and told him he was going to lead cybertronians or is it the new titan hmm it's it's definitely not because that titan is dead <laughs> i think he got blown up he got blown up uh yeah. actually he got condensed into a, a small black hole right i think so oh yes, okay he, yeah he he's huge yeah. yeah, he was compressing into himself, yes. And uh, we find out that Shockwave is talking to Nova Prime and Galvatron. Dun, dun, dun. When was the last time we saw Galvatron? Does anyone know? Uh, it was uh, Chaos. That's the last chaos. time we saw Galvatron. One thing I want to point out is, is like when we see Galvatron again, it just it's like... Every time I read the go- comics and I see him, I'm like, how many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> but uh, how did he get in the dead universe? Uh, Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a quick rundown? That was the same question I had <laughs> when I was reading it. Because I assumed that when, when the whole chaos happened, uh, he got uh, sucked back in when... Uh, Optimus sacrifices Matrix, uh, but if we're didn't going, he, didn't he oh, get sucked back in through Vector Sigma? Well, that's mm-hmm. that, was, that was my idea. I think so. I, I think read. that's what what happened. But yeah, okay. do they do they tell us? I don't know if they tell us directly. There hey, might be some after comic credits, or maybe a deleted scene that didn't quite make it. You know what I mean? We'll yeah, have to I, put up a reference during this part of the video, but uh, I think, yeah, it's not directly told. Yeah, I, 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 when I was reading it, I assume it was during chaos when Optimus sacrificed the Matrix. You know, he just went back with the the void into the dead universe. Yeah, originally I thought he was dead, but you know, seeing him now, it's like. <laughs> Okay, I take that back. I take that back. You remember the scene in Grinch when he still sees his moms are still alive? Oh, no. You're still alive? You're still alive? In the Grinch? Yeah. Yes. The old one, the the, the Jim Carrey one. I'm trying to remember the mom, his mom? Moms. 
both of them. His adopted mom. Oh, I don't remember that movie. <laughs> uh, we'll put a I remember, I remember yeah. some bits, but I don't remember that. So speaking <laughs> of the dead universe and flipping back to the Lost Light, Golem Prime collapses in on itself right in front of the entire ship, creating a portal to somewhere. Somewhere dead universe E, right? Right? Yep. Ish. And with the help of Brainstorm, Rodimus, Optimus, and Gang, they gain entry. Anyone want to describe what the dead universe is and what Brainstorm designs to what Brainstorm designed to help them stay alive? Would you like to go Computron? I'm I, think Computron I think Computron <laughs> should handle this one. Go ahead. No, no. Do it. You're going to do it. I was just going to say, I know what uh, Brainstorm does. I just don't know how to explain the the dead universe exactly. So it's like the dead universe essentially has like these white blood cells that go out and actively hunt the living to make sure they're dead. And uh, Brainstorm makes a virus, I guess, for this dead universe. Uh, Force field. I know, but if you think about it, he makes he brings them in with the force field, and they're essentially viruses in the dead universe. I don't know. I'm doing really bad analogies right now. Halo, <laughs> you want to help them out? Yeah, yeah uh, Brainstorm has been studying the the dead universe because he's uh, done research through because uh, Hardhead was in contact with the dead universe, and so using these parasites that he extracted. He created this force field that when once you go once you have it activated and you go in the uh, the dead universe doesn't really know you're there because it can if it it detects living uh, organisms or anything that's living it'll consume it it'll kind of make it into powder and crumble it down so if, if the force field will protect you from those harming effects right perfect and before they decide to jump into this condensed golem prime portal to the dead universe i want to point out i really enjoyed that they reused the welcome aboard thunderclash sign and has thunderclash <laughs> striked out and then wrote optimus and then found out optimus goes by orion pax and so has optimus wrote out and it has orion pax underneath that like that to me is hilarious that was awesome <laughs> third time's a charm Third time's a charm. So, uh, quick roll call. Uh, Optimus, Rodimus, Hardhead, and Cyclonus dive into this portal to the dead universe. Brainstorm doesn't go because, you know, he's allergic to hostile environments. You know, same feeling, same mood. Of course. <laughs> that was hilarious. Even though the ship has already had hostile environments before. <laughs> right, right. So, flipping to Cybertron, Computron, Kill... What's your thoughts on the prophecy Scoop tells Starscream? Uh, it's I thought I thought it was funny because it just says like the stars will scream and then he's talking to Starscream and it's like that's it's just too like spot on. It's just like they're they're trying to throw me off and uh, kind of make me think Starscream's gonna cost all of this. <laughs> well, it's not like he didn't help. No, but it's just like using the specific stars and screens, just like, ah, it's a little bit too much. Computron? And the symbol of the uncreator shall be clear. Yeah, it's, you know, it was a bit much. Like, honestly, like, Starscream's ego was just the best of him, right? And Scoop, you know, telling him, like, essentially, like, hey, uh, you're not who you think you are, buddy. Uh... 
elaborate. Well, essentially, it was saying, like, you remember how uh, the Titan was saying, or I think Starscream was quoting the Titan saying, and, like, saying, like, he was the creator, and then Scoop's like, listen, and he shall arrive and stand alone while not alone, and time will rust, and the stars shall scream, and the symbol of the uncreator shall be clear. The entire time, like, you know, how, like, throughout the entire time when uh, Starscream was in charge of the Nils, like he was just sitting there going, um, I'm the the guy, like I'm the 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 chosen one. And then all of a sudden it's like, Yeah, for this, you're the chosen for the uncreator, you're the you're the bad boy. Right. So going from chosen one to chosen one now destroy us all. Yeah, do you think do you think that this this prophecy was written by Shockwave on purpose to guide Starscream to what happens later? What makes you think it was written by Shockwave? Well, there's a symbol that they show, and it's exactly Shockwave's face to the teeth. But I think you're coming up with conspiracy <laughs> theories here. You're like, oh, there's but, a there's a deep state know. here. The Illuminati's real, you know. But like, but you know how Shockwave has agents everywhere. So um, I think like Scoop might have been one. Like now, based on what Computer was saying and everything, I just feel like this was there on purpose. So. Uh, Starstream would go to the specific place. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to continue reading to find out. I never actually paid attention to that symbol on the pad. I was just like going, hmm, swipe. The symbol on the pad. <laughs> and eventually he says like he went to the same academia that Shockwave used to teach at, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're hitting spoiler territory here and there. Flipping <laughs> to the dead universe. Cyclonus isn't looking so good, but we do find a familiar face. Nightbeat of all bots, our Sherlock Holmes bots. Uh, I believe it was a zombies crossover event that happened that pushed them to the dead universe. Kilo, do you want to give us a quick speed run on how he ended up in the dead universe? Yes. So uh, on on the on the hardhead spotlight, uh, Nightbeat can't quite remember certain section because they they went to gorlam prime and then he forgot certain parts of he's trying to remember those parts and uh he tells hardhead that if he tries to do anything he should kill him because he doesn't want to endanger the autobots and endanger him and as they explore gorlam prime jihaxis uh meanwhile he was in the dead universe was talking to nova and they reprogrammed a night beat so he he was a sleeper agent and the there was a portal in Gorlam Prime, and so uh, Hardhead had to put him down and killed him. And so as he killed him, he sank into the portal, and so that's how he ended up in the dead universe. Wouldn't he be dead? Well, uh, the virus don't see him, or the yeah. dead universe protector, whatever. I think they say that in the dead universe, if you're so like it brings you back, so like you're dead, but it's through the powers of the dead universe kind of keeping you in a loop i feel like it's like a limbo situation where gotcha. he he's not dead or alive he's just there yeah perfect thank you and, <laughs> You're uh, welcome. i wanted to say like you know talking about cyclonus it was just like i guess you know when you're you can't necessarily double dip in the dead universe because he ain't handling it very well no he's not doing so good huh yeah i think it's because they because the world tells him he had a new spark in the whole chaos event so maybe since it's like a fresh, new, vibrant spark, 
it could be affected more than the others. And he yeah, also doesn't have theory. the... Oh, yeah. No, I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, and I, I think you're probably right. Later, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so flipping to the Lost Light, Ultra Magnus is assigned leadership while Rodimus is out vacation, you know, with the dead universe and is learning to soften his image. But that's not the most exciting thing that's going on here. Something that's worth at least a good thumbs up. Kilo, Computron, <laughs> care to explain? <laughs> I could do this one if you want, Computron. Yeah, it just somehow uh, ends. Then it just somehow ends up on the ship on Lost Light, and it was just like, oh, okay, good thumb. They they found a thumb, the a Titan thumb, uh, out in a in space or like in a planet they visited. So they just put it in the ship. <laughs> yeah, and now it's alive. And pushing the ship. Speaking I- of thumbs up, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Hey, Computron, you look tired. You doing okay? No, just running low on fuel. I really wish there was a small drink that can give me the boost I need to finish the day. There is, and you're in luck. It's called K-Juice, a new exciting Energon drink that will give you the boost that you need to finish the day strong. Here, have one. Thanks, Onyx. (laughs) That hit the spot. Just what I needed. Purchasing K Juice, you agree to the following terms and conditions. K Juice Corp is not responsible for any possible frenzy contained inside the, in the box or any mischievous gaming plans that may arise Onyx. after consumption. Other side effects may include not moving faster than the brain module, spontaneous outbursts, random black eyes, and other What in Primus's name did you give me? Uh, welcome back. Anyways, continuing on with our comic, Starscream attempts to talk to the giant Titan. Uh, well, let's just say that that Titan did a little something more than talk. Computron, do you care to explain what that Titan does? Well, before we do that, I kind of wanted to point out that RC had like a really big stick that she was pointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? He was going to blow him out of the sky. (laughs) That is a good Um, scene. So anyway, so... Starscream's approaching the Titan, and uh, so, you know, he needs some clarification on, you know, his status, of course, right? And, well, lo and behold, um, kaboom. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Is uh, <laughs> While he was whispering his sweet, sweet nothings into the Titan, the Titan uh, nuclear explosion, and sadly, Starscream gets away with with his ugly body. It's a, it's a death pulse, so that's uh, kind of creepy and unsettling. So yeah, a death pulse. And uh, there's a lot of... Death. I know this comic... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of... Uh, Spoilers. <laughs> for when the comic came out, this came out before the Marvel's Avengers uh, Infinity War saga, but <laughs> I want to point out, RC ain't feeling so good. And that reminds me a lot... I was thinking of Astro Train. Yep. Well, like RC says something like, Prowl, I'm not feeling so good. And it just reminds me of Spider Man. Spoilers <laughs> yeah. for uh, Endgame, but you know, <laughs> or Infinity War. But if you haven't seen it, then you're one of like five people who haven't. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I wanted to point out. Yeah, such a good scene. Kill him. Yes. Who makes a return with vengeance? Ah, I was teased about this and asked last episode, but or on R.E.D. Volume Five, but uh, Metalhawk comes back with a vengeance. 
one arm metal hawk. <laughs> How does he come back? The power of magic uh, and the, the power the death of death. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the death pose, pretty much how it works. If, if you were dead, it brought you back. If you were injured, it made you dead. And if you were healthy, it just damaged you a little. So it kind of it does like the reverse. So depending on how you were doing, it would cost you cause the reverse effect. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, yeah, uh, and then Starscream gets it firsthand. Gets stabbed in the back for being a backstabber. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet irony. Yeah, that's. I mean, full disclosure, he definitely earned that one. Yep. But, uh, he uh, he is looking for a friend. Not a good yeah. friend, I suppose. Yeah. So, Kilo, though, do you think everyone stays dead? Uh, hopefully, after all of this, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Metalhawk was looking for a friend, even though that really wasn't a friend of Metalhawk. But no. it is not. It's a friend of nobody's. Yeah, and uh, he was getting the boy Megatron. Yeah. Why? Why would he get Megatron? Flipping to the Lost Light, who decides to track down Metroplex at an unknown location underwater surrounded by what looks like hundreds if not thousands of ammonites but it's a good thing the lost light was built as a submarine right i suppose i did not know that was it yes are but really was it yes are you sure no no oh anyway i really enjoyed the brainstorm (laughs) and perceptor interaction there if you uh, haven't read the comics then you won't understand that previous reference what's your guys (laughs) thoughts on this that was hilarious. I found it so funny. I, I love their interaction. I love brainstorms being all quirky and joking around. I think that was uh, they're I think they're gonna be good friends. Yeah. Computron? I mean do you remember like when we first started how much brainstorm kinda looked up to Perceptor? Looked up to Perceptor, Quark. He's got and a type. Uh, now a he's just like type. the sassy guy to Perceptor. He's like, wow, you, you've outgrown your stardom, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It was like their dialogue, especially between uh, any, any dialogue with Brainstorm is funny. But like um, it was interesting um, when they got into an argument when uh, I think it was Perceptor that was saying like, Optimus has ordered them to yada yada, and Perceptor's like, uh uh-uh. uh. It's not Optimus, it's Orion Pax, and <laughs> it's Ultra Magnus that tells us what to do. Yeah, and then Ultra, Ultra Magnus is like, you're right, let's do it. Yeah. I, I do like the, there's an interaction again with Perceptor and Brainstorm when they go in the water and they find the Ammonites. And like Perceptor is explaining like why they didn't notice them before and why they're seeing them now. And like Brainstorm is trying to finish each section. And then he's like, exactly. See, you and me, simpatico. And I'm like, really? Really? It's <laughs> pretty funny. It's so good. So anyway, those Ammonites you talked about, they don't turn out to be as friendly as uh, they were before. And they begin to open fire. Yeah. What's the uh, uh, escape plan, boys? Everybody off the ship? Got all the ship. How how do we escape the ship? You're underwater. Uh, uh, well, those that can... If only there was some sort of pod. <laughs> I think it's also worth noting that if you were ever curious, and I'm pretty sure this is, you know, spoken for, they don't float. No, they nope. don't. They sink. 
Well, except those that do have alternate modes that can uh, work underwater. That's true. True. But, uh, but it was interesting, like those little ammonites, like knew to hit the cockpit, like directly, like right there. Well, well they've like, had 16 million years of experience. Yeah. Well, it is like they also had a uh, spy on board when we saw Thunderclash. True. So, uh, but they use they use something they shouldn't be touching, which is uh, Rodimus Rod Pod. This is the first time we've seen this, right? Yes, sir. What's your thoughts? Looks cool, but you can see Rodimus' ego there. Just no. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that doesn't look like Hot Rod. What are you talking about? <laughs> and what are your thoughts on the Super Combiner? Uh, that's uh, it's pretty scary. I uh, wish we had a Titan to fight it. If only. If only. So anyway, Shockwave uses Megatron's body as a space bridge to the dead universe. Oh boy. We all know what happened last time. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. I really want to talk about Rung fighting off the Ammonites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go <laughs> rewind. It's, you know, he's doing his best in combat, and after everything, he stabs one, like, in the chest, and he goes, you're liable to fall apart. But, like, he's literally <laughs> giving his entire legal notice while he's killing these things, and it's like, okay. <laughs> The comedy in this issue is great. It's awesome. It's just on point. It's everything I've ever wanted out of Transformers. <laughs> some chaos, some action, but then some comedy as well. Hey, Most man, comedy. Uh, we got to appreciate James Roberts with this. You know? Yeah. He can give you something so depressing, but have some comedy, and you feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. So moving forward and flipping back to Cybertron, Shockwave uses Megatron's body as a space bridge to the dead universe. Oh boy. We all know what happened last time Nova tried coming through. And uh, this is a nice little callback that Shockwave can do two things at once. Anyway, Kilo, Computron, what are your thoughts on Metalhawk joining forces with Shockwave? A little bit surprising. Uh... I thought at this point that Metalhawk was being like something else got inside of Metalhawk and was using that body to get Shockwave what he needed. So once the like the dark pulse happened, the the spark or you know I don't, I don't, I don't think they have souls, but uh, the spark or the mind or something was controlling the body and then bringing the stuff Shockwave needed. I had an idea of Shockwave. I'm going to be honest with you because you remember when he shot. Uh, who was it in Robots in Disguise? And then they just came back to life. Uh, Dreadwing? Dreadwing? Dreadwing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Dreadwing had purple eyes, right? When Shockwave shot him. I think so, but I can't remember. I don't recall, but we can throw an image yeah, but, up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know how they swapped the artists because they had to really work this through in, in the specific specific art style. Metal Hawk's eyes are blue. But... um. Like, I kind of had an idea Shockwave was behind it. It's just like, I, I think it was hinted. But anyway, jumping ahead, I kind of want to throw out the alien reference that they brought in to the comics. The little chest burst. <laughs> oh, with the portal in Megatron's chest? Yeah, he was screaming and then Nova Prime reaching through. It was like, oh. That's a nice shot. Like a little alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking of them coming through his chest Galvatron 
and Nova Prime are fighting over. But before they can come through, Bees, Autobots, and Soundwave Decepticons decide to finally join forces and attack Shockwave's base. Any favorite scenes during this? And I like I like Ironhide's approach of punching everything uh, without questions asked. He's like, okay, you're my target. I'll just punch you until I defeat you. Same thing like he did with Prowl. I'll just punch you until you recognize me. <laughs> and I'm like, I like you, Ironhide. Signature move. <laughs> Is this the one where Prowl confuses Ravage with the dog? And I think that was yes. a reference to... Um, uh, Phase one. Yeah, it was a reference to Phase One, but it was specifically a reference to All Hail Megatron, where yep. Spike couldn't even tell the difference between a cat and a dog. Yeah, I think so. Good stuff. <laughs> Eventually, Shockwave takes control of the Titan, creating even more havoc. Does that mean? Does that wait? Because he uses Waspinator's stinger. Does that mean Waspinator is a type of Titan Master? Since uh, he can kind of control them? Uh, uh, Don't ruin his dreams, man. Yes, he's a Titan Master. He's a good boy. (laughs) I don't want to think about that. Should we buy him him drinks next time? Should we be nicer to him? Uh, We don't want a a Titan appear here at the bar. I feel like there's a a hidden message behind all this. I can't quite figure it out. (laughs) So, back to the dead universe. Kilo. Do you mind telling us a little bit about Nightbeat and his Sherlocking abilities? Yeah, so he, he kind of steps up uh, his boundaries and starts explaining Cyclonus and describing all his little quirks and kind of uh, telling that he's, he's uh, you know, he cares. He's a little bit softy, but he puts up a front uh, to try to, you know, look tougher. Uh, he explains that uh, the scars, the scratches he did uh, in the More Than Meets the Eye Volume 5 or actually uh, him kind of like reminding himself to, like he cares for Telgate, but he was like, I can't show that emotion. So he just scratched his face and then he, he ended up getting fixed, but still there. And he's like, you you do care. You just don't want to really show it. Yeah. And Cyclonus doesn't like that. Oh, he does not. He's he's ready to kill Nightbeat at the spot. Comp, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's kind of funny that Cyclonus... You know, when it comes to vulnerability at all, he just hards up or puts up a wall and just, like, gets super aggressive. And right. how dare Nightbeat say what he said? Right. <laughs> but is it at all true? I think there's a there's a phrase on Earth. It's like, uh, masculinity toxic? I think that's backwards, <laughs> but who knows? Anyway, moving on. Back on Cybertron, sound off who isn't dead. Doesn't matter, because Gobbletron escapes from the dead universe and rips Megatron in half. Oh, how the turntables have turned since <laughs> the 2007 Michael Bay movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Things are not that looking case. good for everyone. What are your thoughts? Um, how, how, are, how are they going to defeat this huge titan? With There's barely... always another big bot, right? <laughs> I like I like how um, Shockwave kind of has like that little stinger in his little cannon. Yeah, yeah, like it, it looks cool. I like the little horns he has, and that, that I, I know it's supposed to be his antenna, but they look like horns, so it right. looks, makes him look even uh, scarier and like more evil. He's got like huge vibes from the the video game, more for Cybertron Fall of Cybertron theme look to yeah. him, which is kind of cool. I like that design a lot. 
We're going to do lots of flipping here towards the end, but back in the dead universe once again, Nightbeat leads everyone into a trap. Bum, bum, bum! Double agent is always a double agent. The containment cube. The containment cube. Uh, the plot thickens, and Nova Prime arrives to say hello. Any thoughts on that? When I read it the first time, I'm like, wait, wasn't Nova out? When, you know, when he was, like, coming out, out of the chest? But then I yeah, went that back was just- and... Right? Wait, hold on. He looked mostly out, like he was like waist up, out. Yeah, he yeah. must have got punched right back in by Ironhide. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Ironhide, or I think like Galvatron pushed him back and used him as like leverage to come out first. That would make sense how Galvatron made it out in Nova. Yeah, because uh, I know Ironhide started punching Nova first. When Ironhide evolved, you best get out of the way. He's gonna punch you. <laughs> But uh, this is going to be interesting. It kind of reminds me of the, the type of dad that bangs on the TV when it don't work. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so flipping to the Rod Pod, who are currently inside Metroplex's body and are searching for his brain module, but they don't find that. Instead, they find endless corridors leading to nothingness, but back to the Rod Pod. Any thoughts what that might be? The first time you're reading it, that is. Um thought it was a trap because they, they find some arrows and the arrows are pointing to direction so they start following the arrows and then they come back to the rod pod i'm like huh must have been a, a trap from the ammonites and then we do see an ammonite there blowing up the rod pod and i'm like huh okay so how are they gonna get out of this Artemis is not gonna be happy about that oh, oh yeah. he's not <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the gun you can talk about Story. the gun all day Girl, long got the gun. he got the gun you got the condescending singing gun. Autobots <laughs> in trouble. Exploding planet. Autobots in trouble. Exploding planet. <laughs> I, I love that ringtone. <laughs> and that's very important because they, they do find uh, a trace of a metal inside of Metroplex. And so they're calling the expert to tell yeah. them what that means. And he's just not answering. He's not. He finally needed Swerve, and he's not there. My last note brings us back to the dead universe once again, to the containment fields, where things get a little tense. I'm talking about prime-on-prime violence here. Kilo, Comp, care to say anything more? Maybe something something that happens to Hardhead? Maybe? Maybe? Oh, he's not feeling too good either. Your lord and master has arrived. I don't know. I just thought that line and I did that voice when I read that line. Sure. But I, yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, um, I don't think you guys want to talk about Optimus beating the hell out of uh, Rodimus. Yeah, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? I mean, wasn't it? Does that happen in this one or is it in the other yeah. one? Yeah. No, it happens in this one. I thought this one was where oh, yeah. uh, we were talking. It was a distraction, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on, no. Like, Optimus beats up Rodimus, and then after they break out, they fight. Okay. Optimus punches Rodimus. Hardhead uses the distraction to break out of a weak point in the containment field, so he escapes, but it heals up ridiculously fast. And a Nova Prime shows us what happens when you don't have your protective force field. Bye, Hardhead. Hardhead's not feeling so good. I do like when Rodimus gets punched in the face. He's like, that was a distraction. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. Well, you got to make it convincing, you know? Yeah. Any other uh, notes here? 
at the end we find there's another space bridge inside the dead universe. Yeah? Who's yeah. that? It's uh, our old friend Cup. What is well, Cup doing with that? here? <laughs> you want to give us a quick rundown how he got there? Yeah, so during the infestation events in the comics, there's this force that's kind of like a hive mind, and they create what you, you would call zombies. And they arrive uh, on Earth when the Autobots were still there, and uh, Galvatron is with the with this force, but they're trying to like stop it. And so there's a battle that ensues, and the whole team gets... They're impeded by a force field, and Cup is the only one inside that's being corrupted by this force. And so they try to convince him to think of a different location so that when they use the a, a space bridge they constructed, they end up in the dead universe. And so once the force of this entity goes in there, it sucks everything in. And so Cup went with it as well. So that's how he got here, huh? Yep. And now he's being used as a space bridge. Computron, any other last thoughts? Um, I thought originally when I was reading this, and then maybe I was wrong, I thought originally that cigar that they gave Cup was something to help him regulate the space bridge, but I was totally misconcepted on that. It was it was to regulate his, because uh, he was infected, he, like, he was traumatized, so it was used to keep him in check. And yeah, for him yeah. To- All right. I, I yeah. completely misread that, but yeah, yeah. I do like, it was kind of weird to me because at the end when they show the second space bridge, I didn't know that was Cup. I thought that was somebody else at the end of this volume. Yeah, he looked very young, right? He didn't look yeah. as old like Cup. Look, I'm guessing that must have been like a, a different artist like or a, maybe... To me, or one of the Dinobots. Um, the one with the sword. <laughs> Grimlock? No. Now, you know how <laughs> no, little no, that narrows it down? No. Snarl? The, yeah, the one the one that turns into the log neck. Uh, sludge? Sludge. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was so Maybe. close. He kind of looked like a early days uh, Sideswipe. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, it reminded me of like a ratchet. I feel like it was like a medical bot of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Rod Star rating. Uh, I'll go ahead and come out of the gate and give this a four and a half. It was pretty good. I like it. I'm excited to see where it, it concludes. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go four, or I'm gonna go four and a four. I think I was getting annoyed with the drawing flip flopping, but I know they had to rush to it. Obviously, the plot was good, but it was a really good setup, obviously for volume two. Yeah, I think it's a it's a four. Uh, it had a lot of cool things and like pr- propelled the story forward, and we get to see the master plan. But it it, it left me wanting uh, a little bit more. Yeah. And maybe we'll get that. But <laughs> listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many Rodsters would you give it? And let us know by leaving a comment below. All right. So we don't have any emails for you, but you can get in contact with us at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you should be seeing it on your screen now or in the description below. Are you guys ready for Transformers Dark Cybertron Volume 2? I'm ready. Yes. Sweet. But, listeners, before you go, we do have some last-minute news for you. We wanted to let you know we are going to TFCon this year, and maybe we'll see you all there. We don't have a booth, but we will be walking around in our human hall matters and hope to see you all there. Kilo, do you have any other news for the listeners? Uh, We wanted to let the listeners know that we will be uh, taking two weeks' break after Volume 2 of Dark Cybertron, but we will be back on March 21st. With new episodes and maybe even some bonus content. 
Ooh, how exciting. I wonder where that bonus content could be. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is on uh, the anticipation of us going to TFCon. Sweet. Computron, do you mind taking us out? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so if you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you all are staying safe out there, and thank you so much for listening to All or One. Till All or One. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Actually, you know what? I, here's the thing. I crashed the Blue Jay on the planet oh, and then God. I kind of hiked it. What? You? Yeah. You better be lying. You better. <laughs> I would lying. like to hold. I would like to hold Spitfire back. Let me pour <laughs> you some. This is creepier than somebody just goes. Do you want to buy some drugs? Do you want to buy some just drugs? Serenading everyone. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.